Hi, this is Amber, and you're listening to Amber on Podcast. Hello, hi, hello, and welcome to episode number 25 of Amber on Podcast. I feel like such an adult, I must say. I've done something 25 times. Can you believe it? I mean, I've done I've done some things many times, but when it comes to podcasting, it feels so different. It feels so great. No wonder the podcast the podcasts that I listen to, they're so they're always so super stoked about hitting the 100 episode mark. Can you imagine how much better I'll be after I do 75 more of these? Yay, progress. I'm really keen on celebrating the journey these days. So they they say that you have to love the journey. You can't just love the destination. So in celebration of the journey, happy 25th episode, my dear listeners. I want to start today with a story, uh, a short story. So bear with me for just a few minutes. The story goes like this. I I used to be a totally different person, inside, outside, all different. Then I lost everything and I got humbled by the universe. The universe served me up an extra large serving of humble pie, the kind of extra large serving that that's required for someone with an ego the size of mine. Now, I'm not denying that I've lost all ego now. I haven't. I'm I'm merely, I've merely been made aware that mine is very much used to being in the driver's seat. Basically, the universe saw me and who I was, what I was doing, and said, you need to sit the fuck down, girl. Relax. Take a break. Take inventory and reset. Hard reset for my techies out there. Hard, hard, hard reset. So I took what I thought I knew about the world, and I applied it to the circumstances that I found myself in, only to realize that the skills that I had acquired didn't apply. The network I had didn't apply. My skill set didn't apply. My work history didn't apply. My college degree didn't apply. When I'm saying it didn't apply, I mean that they were no longer valuable to me. There was nothing to be won as a result of having these skills, having made these friends or had these experiences, having acquired this education. Sure, I could I could prove all of these things existed, mostly, but still it got me nothing. If certain people didn't appreciate them or if certain groups of people didn't value them, then they were worthless. So despite putting myself out there the exact way I'd been taught, despite putting my resume out on the right platforms and contacting the right people, asking the right questions, going to the right events, despite doing all of these things, nothing was happening for me. Nobody cared and I didn't stand out. And I really, really, really needed to stand out. Why did I need to stand out? Because I worked my entire life to get these skills and own, hone these traits and make friends and network and get an education. All of these things, I did all of them so that I could do one thing. So that I could more easily stand out from the rest. Be a party of one. The best. I wanted to be the best. I've spent my entire life trying to level up 
trying to level up, trying to somehow be different than what I saw out there already, what I see out there, to always be better than the next kid, smarter than the next female, superior to the next male, whoever and everyone was my direct competitor. And these competitors competed with me daily, hourly, for the opportunities that I wanted, the opportunities that I needed. I set myself up. I planned my entire life with this in mind. I planned my entire life with this need in mind. I needed opportunities in my life. And in order to get them, I I worked really hard to be noticed, to stand out from the rest of the people, the rest of the people who were also trying to get noticed. I wanted to be a a success, like since I came out of my, my mother's womb, straight up. I am ambitious, for sure. I know that many of you guys are as well. But there's something inside of ambition that is still... Very shrouded, in my opinion, and very dark. That something is acceptance. In order to be ambitious, successfully ambitious, you need to be accepted by a certain group. It comes with the territory. And the group may change, and you can be trying to attract multiple groups at once. You can be trying to attract multiple groups at once. So the most the most ambitious people tend to, to do it this way. The most ambitious people try to attract multiple groups at the same time. I too was like this, attempting to attract several groups all at once. This can be, this can be the dark side of ambition because you, you must, 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 must be able to flex different areas of your personality, different aspects of your skill set, different times, different times per day, different times per week. You have to be a chameleon in a way that doesn't seem too fake. So, you know, you can still live with yourself and so you can still sleep at night and so you can still be ambitious. That can be hard on people for sure. It was hard on me for sure. And that's why I say ambition has a dark side. It's the acceptance that's the worst. It it was, for me anyway, my strategy for ambition basically meant doing the most. At all times, the most, doing it, doing the most. Ask anyone. All my friends will tell you what a hype I am or what I, I have since transformed. But I was such a hype because everything was so important to me. Every interaction meant something. Every place, every opportunity, every signal, every missed signal, every weak signal. I really wanted to be everywhere at every time to everyone because I didn't want to miss out on an opportunity. Why? Because I needed opportunity. I needed the opportunity because I hadn't yet learned how to create opportunity for myself. I had Instead, I I had set myself up. I I had set up my entire life, the success of my life. I set it all up to be dependent upon the opportunity that was coming from a source completely outside myself. Again, I had set my entire life, the success of my life, I set it all up to be dependent upon the opportunity that was coming from a source completely outside myself. My entire life, the success of my life. To be dependent on impressing other people so that they would give me the chance to flex all my skills at once and truly live up to my potential. 
So now back to my transformation. I transformed as a result of this realization. I realized that I had not put myself in control of my destiny. I had instead outsourced my education to companies that hired me and 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 uh, and to other people who worked with me and outsourced my opportunity. And I hoped and I prayed and I I pressed my shirt and I smiled every day and I I did my very best because I believed that was the path to my success. Then when this path didn't work out the way I planned, I was well. I, I was devastated. I had no clue what my purpose was, how it was going to be a success now, how, who would notice, who would care. I had to figure out a way to make them care. And I was at a loss. I had no idea what to do. At the end of the day, it didn't matter. All my work had stopped working for me. Suddenly it wasn't, suddenly I didn't stick out anymore. I wasn't sticking out anymore at all. I'd gone from being like a diamond in the rough to a needle in a haystack. But there's one other thing that's important to note about me is that there's always been, I've always had one consistent goal. I've had one really consistent goal since I was a really young kid, and I've always wanted to matter. That's what I've always said. I want to matter. I want to do something big, something significant in a positive way. I want to I want to be special somehow to the world. If if other com- other people and other companies weren't going to notice me and they weren't going to give me an opportunity, then I needed to find a different way to get this opportunity so I could be special. <laughs> I needed to be in control of my opportunity and in control of my ability to create my opportunity and my ability to find work for myself and maybe even help others create opportunities too. So becoming a needle in a haystack made made this a lot more difficult, but becoming a needle in a haystack also led to my transformation. So my transformation is my transformation into a into a more aware and hopefully a more enlightened person, a person who can do more good for more people most of the time. So I transformed. And with this in mind, I transformed. And when I realized, I, I, after listening to many, many other wonderful podcasts, I realized that I needed to change the opportunities for myself. I had to play a different role in creating my destiny. And most importantly, I had to accept one thing. I had to accept one thing that I know nothing. The old rules do not apply, and what I thought I knew, I don't know. Period. End of story. Amen. So that brings us to today, dear listeners. Today, I bring you an important life lesson, one of my most important life lessons, that I know nothing. And lucky for me, we live in a world where this is possible, where I can change my mind. So I went from a person who thought she knew everything to a person who knows she knows nothing. Just like that. I changed my mind. And you can change your mind too. Dear listeners, anytime you want, anytime you choose, that's the beauty of being a constantly evolving and a continually learning creature. So I went from knowing everything to knowing nothing. What does this mean? How does this play out in my real, in my real life? What does it matter? What, why does this matter in my day-to-day? Let me give you an example. When I, have, when I have a supreme dislike for someone, like when I find myself having negative thoughts toward a person, thoughts that if 
thoughts that if the person heard themselves, if they heard them with their own ears, it would make them want to cry like immediately. I'm talking mean, mean thoughts. When I have these thoughts, because we all have these thoughts, I'm not alone in this. I have to stop. I have to recognize I'm having these thoughts and I have to stop and I have to think to myself, wait, Amber, why, why do you feel this way about this person? Why is this living being producing such a negative response in me? What the fuck is up with my emotions regarding this person? Why can't I chill? Why do I care so much? This person is usually a stranger, uh, an, inqua- an acquaintance, maybe a, a celebrity. And if I have this kind of reaction where I'm hating on a person for no apparent reason, no reason at all, no malice, no association, just pure, unadulterated hate, the kind you hear when somebody says something like, Khloe Kardashian is fat, that kind of hate. We've all had it. We'll have it. So now I know that I know nothing, right? So I have started to question everything. In this case, when I'm hating on somebody, I have to think to myself, wait, self? Why am I thinking this way about this person? Why am I reacting like this? Why am I so passionate about Carly being annoying on Instagram or whatever? Just an example. I don't know, Carly. I don't know. Uh, Why is this person eliciting such a, a negative response in me? Let me check this out. I need to investigate. Now, I've done this enough times with enough random strangers or celebrities or relatives or people on Instagram. I've done this enough times that I've now realized, I've realized that... (laughs) I realize the same damn thing each and every time. The thing that annoys me about them, the literal thing that makes me dislike them, is something like me. Something is similar to me. They're like me. There's always something similar I can find. Something I'm either ignoring, pretending it will go away, or something I'm acknowledging in secret because I'm too afraid to share my true self with the world, like this other person has so boldly done on Instagram or whatever. So I hate my damn self. Ain't that some self-awareness realness? I mean, I must give credit where credit is due, and the credit goes to me for looking inward and knowing nothing. So, in the spirit of knowing nothing, and in the spirit of loving the things you think you hate, I have a new podcast for those adorable little ears of yours. It's new to this show. I've never covered it here on Amber on Podcast. It's called Every Little Thing. Or you can just say ELT for short. That's what they say on the show. ELT listeners. The host, she's really, really, really great. Her voice is super soothing and precise. It's really sharp. Her voice is like an ASMR video. It's extremely sensory. Like you love the way it sounds. It's lovely. Your ears will thank you. On this podcast, Every Little Thing, on this episode, they talk about birds. And I'm not sure how you feel about birds, but I got to thinking, what is it about birds that make us as humans so uncomfortable? There was an entire movie dedicated to the terror of birds, aptly named Birds. So this is something I have never ever questioned before, the terror of birds. Birds are something I I don't like, so I figured since I now know that I know nothing, I should look into it. Also, given that most things I have never questioned turned out to be wrong, I figured I should go ahead and look into it. If finding out why I hated someone led to me learning more about myself, well, then maybe this would turn out to be self-benefiting as well. So this show, ELT, it's great because it's just based on facts. 
They look into facts. It's a fact show. Maybe you've seen or probably you've listened to a fact show. People who are insane learners love fact shows like you, dear listeners. Um, Basically, it breaks down like this. You know those Dear Abby letters that people write into newspapers or blogs? Fact shows are like that. But instead of relationship advice, they are asking for the facts. The raw, hard facts. So people call in or write in or whatever, and they ask their question. Then the hosts come on and they read the questions, and they discuss, and they consult with their other fact buddies who are also on the show. And that's the gist. That's just, they're just reviewing and discussing facts the whole time. It's like a podcast encyclopedia, which is why I love it. It's brilliant, in my opinion. But, you know, of course, I'm a super nerd. No surprise there. So this podcast is a fact show, and they bring on their fact buddies and ask questions and discuss the answers. So the show is called Every Little Thing, and every little thing is always interesting for sure, but none as interesting as this particular episode, the episode on birds. Crows, to be specific. And not just crows. They talk about clowns, too, but more on that later. We start with a question. The host takes a question from a caller asking about whether or not scarecrows work. Like, like, do scarecrows work? Do they or don't they scare crows? Are they doing their job after being, after being crucified up there all these years? They have these hay-stuffed, poorly-dressed scarecrows. The answer, well, am I surprise you? Did you know that crows actually identify people the same way that we do, we humans? Turns out the scarecrows are really quite laughable to these crows who are fully aware that they are not actual human beings. And I have proof on this. But first, I, I want to highlight something about this. Maybe if, if we spend time looking more closely at the things we hate, at the things we dislike, like birds, we might find something similar or, or maybe even something superior to ourselves. In order to truly evolve, you can't be scared of what you find superior to yourself. You should be curious. You should lean in. We should lean in. So let's lean in. Lean into this podcast and figure out what it is that these crows do that's so similar to us. On this episode, they interview a specialist, a bird specialist. His name is Kevin McGowan, and he studied crows for more than 30 years. And Mr. McGowan, Mr. Kevin McGowan, our resident bird expert, for, morning, for, for many years, many moons, many years, he banded and tracked crows, which means he had to climb up to their nest and, and put these bands onto the birds and track them and study them, et cetera. So, well, because Mr. McGowan did this work because he was around crows all the time, he knows for a fact that crows have both the ability to identify individual human beings and the ability to spread that knowledge to other crows. So when our man McGowan was out there climbing into nests and banding crows, these crows would fly off and tell their other crow friends. Then these, then these crow friends would come over and start squawking at him. And they told their friends who, who McGowan was. And, and then the friends found him and started squeak, squawking at him. And, and, and poor McGowan was looking at these birds like, I don't know you. The crows have a way of communicating the appearance of a human to other crows. They do this by studying the appearance, of course, but also their gait, like their walk, the way they walk, which is the same thing that we, we humans do. We also identify other humans by their walk. You've had this experience anytime you, you heard footsteps approaching and you immediate, your mind immediately recognized the source. You knew exactly who it was. Birds do the same. 
the best story, the best story comes later in Kevin's career when he he gave up tracking crows because he was sick of being on the crow's most wanted list. And so instead, he started feeding the crows. He fed the crows in town peanuts all the time, making up for lost time. He became the crow peanut man. And all the crows knew they could count on him to feed them peanuts. In fact, they would even track him down in his, in his car, track him down in his car to request peanuts. True story. One day, Birdman McGowan is, is driving down the highway, and he looks up, and he sees this bird, this crow, up on this big electric pole. And he's, he's in his car and in his Subaru driving down the highway at 55 miles per hour, and this crow swoops down from his pole and catches up enough momentum and flies next to his car and like hovers over the right f- fender for a moment and flies off. And, and Bird, Birdman McGowan said he was so impressed with what he saw, what the crow did, that he pulled over. And he gave the crow peanuts. He fed the crow. The crow got him to pull over, y'all, because he knew he was the peanut man. So it turns out these birds are smart. And they do know who you are. So watch out. You know, I, I know I have a new and different opinion on birds now, for sure. We are no longer enemies, first of all. I'm no fool. I'm not carrying around peanuts yet, but I am no fool. I'm just here trying to do more good. For more people, most of the time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening, dear listeners. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please let me know. Subscribe. Leave me a rating to let me know that you like me and you want to feed me peanuts. Also, ratings are how we spread the show. So please rate, review, help me spread the show if you like the show. And I have all the show notes updated. I have all the show notes updated and available at mytalkingdollars.com. Stay gorgeous, stay smart, and please come back next week for more Amber on Podcast. You didn't think I'd leave you hanging on that clown bit, did you? Don't you worry, my sweet angels. I wouldn't do that to you. You are in very capable hands. I do have something special indeed. The other fact from this episode of ELT is a clown fact. Did you know that clowns, picture a clown, right, in your head. Imagine a clown, and now look at his face, his head, from the neck up. What does his face look like? There's paint, right? A red nose, big red blob drawn around their mouth region. Clown makeup. Well, it turns out that this clown makeup is super, super important if you're a professional clown. If you are a professional clown and you want to be the best clown, the most famous, most prolific, you're going to want to get your clown face into the clown registry. The best clowns are honored in the clown registry in England, where they draw your clown face on an egg and display it. But it's only for the very best clowns, the most elite and respected clowns. It's true. See for yourself. You can go to lukestevenson.com. That's Luke, L-U-K-E, Stevenson with a P-H, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-O-N.com, where you can see a book with all the clown egg images. It's definitely worth a visit. You deserve it. I'll link it in the show notes. Love you. Thank you.